What is it about Purim and Pesach that gets us so excited and energized about our Judaism? Welcome to the Transformative Daf. Today we are on page 21, Daf Chaf Aleph of Tractate Megillah. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman, and today we learn how to take that wow factor and apply it to every aspect of our Judaism. Welcome to the Transformative Daf. The first time Moshe and Aaron visited Pharaoh, it didn't go so well. And so the next time they had a few tricks up their sleeves. Surely miracles would demonstrate to Pharaoh that he would be well advised not to play games with God. When Pharaoh speaks to you saying, show for yourselves a sign, instructs the Almighty, you shall say to Aaron, take your staff and cast it before Pharaoh and it shall become a serpent. After Pharaoh's palace they go, confident that this wondrous sign will guarantee a successful mission. They appear before the king and perform the miracle just as Hashem had instructed. Seriously, scoffs Pharaoh, you call that a trick? Everyone knows how you do that one. He calls in his magicians who are able to reproduce the staff to serpent magic trick. Indeed, it was a classic Egyptian magic trick. How did they do it? They would take snake skins and have children hide underneath them. They would then throw down their staffs and proceed with misdirecting the audience's attention. Amid the sleight of hand, the children in the snakeskins would suddenly appear and grab the magical staffs, pretending they were the sticks that had miraculously come to life, according to the Malbim. Says the Gemara, The sages taught, When reading from the Torah, one person reads and one may translate, provided that there is not one person reading and two people translating, because two voices cannot be heard simultaneously. But when reading from the prophets, one person reads and two may translate. This is the case provided there are, that there are not two people reading and two translating. And when reciting Hallel and reading the Megillah, even ten people may read and ten may translate. What is the reason? Since it is dear to the people, they will pay attention and listen. Let's analyze this Gemara. Why do people love listening to the Megillah? Rashi explains that it's the novelty that makes it exciting. Purim only comes around once a year, and so people look forward to hearing the Megillah, which they haven't picked up in 12 or 13 months. But if that's why we love the Megillah, why aren't we as keen about the weekly Torah reading? After all, it's a different parsha every week, and we haven't heard this week's story for a whole year. The Maharach of Zerua answers that our lack of enthusiasm arises from the fact that while it might be a different parasha, it's still the same Torah that we read from each week. A different reason for our Megillah excitement is offered by the Lavush, who ascribes our love for the Megillah to the miraculous nature of the story. But that poses the same problem. The Torah also contains many miracle stories. Why aren't we equally excited about those miracles? Let's think about why a miracle is exciting. The truth is, miracles are not a big deal for Hashem. Whether a jug of oil lasts one day or eight takes no greater heavenly effort. The definition of a miracle doesn't lie in its degree of ease or difficulty. A miracle is something that goes above and beyond the natural order. If that's the definition of a miracle, then in a certain sense we have the ability to create miracles in our own lives. Every time we go above and beyond the natural order of doing things, we've performed miracles. When you think about it, that's how our sages designed the Megillah reading. What gets us excited about listening to the Megillah? It's true that it's novel, 
But the novelty is not just the fact that we haven't heard it for an entire year. It's not just about quantity, it's also a matter of quality. When we read the Megillah, our sages have infused the moment with a number of customs and practices that go beyond the natural way of reading our sacred texts. The reading comes to life with a multi-sensory experience. All the children wait patiently to drown out Haman's name with their gragas. There are four verses in the reading that everyone recites out loud in unison. The Megillah must be folded like a letter, and on two occasions that we read the word letter, we shake the Megillah. The sons of Haman must be read in one breath. When we encounter the story of the insomniac king, the Balkur raises his voice. And even before we begin reading on Purim morning, the rabbi announces that everyone must remember the other mitzvahs of the day. The Mishta, the feast, the Matanus Lev Yonim, the gifts to the poor, and the Mishloach Monos, the gifts to our friends. Because the Megillah appeals to so many of our senses, we love it and pay more attention than we would to a regular Torah reading. The same is true of the most widespread mitzvah, the Pesach Seder. There is hardly a Jew in the world who does not sit down and have some semblance of a Seder, even if it's just a bite of matzah and a cup of wine to mark the occasion. And sometimes we're talking about people who have not so much as set foot in a shul in many years. Why do they do Pesach? Just like the Megillah, Pesach's distinction lies in its ability to deliver an exciting experience in a variety of ways. The Seder was designed to cater to every learning style. Are you a visual learner? Well, look at the Seder plate we've prepared for you. Are you a musical learner? Well, even those who don't know the words Shema Yisrael probably know Dayenu. Gustatory learner? Well, we have everything from good wine to bitter herbs that will set your mouth on fire. Whatever your learning style, there's something for everyone on Pesach. And that's why nearly every Jewish person feels some kind of affinity to the holiday. Our sages created a multi-sensory experiential learning event that speaks to every individual, which is particularly important when we are dealing with the annual occasion designated to tell your child about our national history and heritage. When you love learning, it doesn't feel like learning. It becomes entertaining, and everybody loves entertainment. Pesach and Purim are the ultimate models of Jewish learning. Our sages have already done most of the heavy lifting for us on those two festivals. The challenge for each and every one of us is taking the multi-sensory model of engagement they've demonstrated and applying it to other mitzvahs as we endeavor to teach our children and pass on our heritage to the next generation. That's not to say we shouldn't create new and exciting innovative ideas for our family seders. If you feel that adds to the experience, that's wonderful. But now, take that same creativity you've shown on Pesach and bring it to your weekly Shabbos table. When our daughter Miriam Leah became Bas Mitzvah, she designed table centerpieces for every Pasha of the year and placed them on each table at the Simcha. We later met a family who makes special Pasha-inspired table designs every week of the year. Most of us rushed to set the Shabbos table just before candlelighting. That special family would start on Sunday with a family meeting where they would plan the design for the Shabbos table six days later. Every mitzvah we do has multiple entry points. The challenge is to create the feeling of excitement and novelty throughout our spiritual lives. Today, even Torah learning has multi-sensory opportunities for engagement. Are you an avid self-learning reader? Well, there's no shortage of text today in our age of print, both classics, farm, and online Torah essays. Are you more visual or auditory? Attend a Torah class or watch or listen to one online. Are you a social learner? Find a chavrusa to learn with. 
Whatever your learning style, there's something out there for you. The Lavush says we love the Megillah because it's miraculous. In truth, you could read the Megillah and see nothing miraculous in the story at all. It's miraculous when we make it miraculous. When we recognize the supernatural order of events by reading it in a way that transcends our mundane reading of a text, we demonstrate our belief in the miracle. When Moshe appeared before Pharaoh, he performed a miracle. Pharaoh responded with his own demonstration of the supernatural. He knew that it was nothing more than sleight of hand, but it certainly brought out the oohs and ahs from the crowd. If Pharaoh could perform miracles using his black magic, you certainly have the divine gift to make every moment miraculous. You have the power to make Torah mitzvahs not just exciting, but supernatural. Do something extraordinary and you will imbue passion in your children and even in your own service of heaven. May you be inspired with the wow factor to make Torah mitzvahs forever dear to you and your children, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning in to the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.